You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Leaf Sky episode number 46. Thanks to Mike Ross, our fine PA announcer at Scotiabank Arena, and on Leaf Sky for that nice intro. The Leafs signing Travis Dermott to a new contract. We'll get into that shortly. And our guest today is Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. Before we get there, McGregor and Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering 264 to 1 odds and a knockout in the first round during Saturday's main event. If the rubber match ends in a first round knockout, you walk away with cash. Oh, yes, guy. Just pick the main event fighter you think will win by the first round knockout, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 264 to 1 odds on that fighter. That's right, bet $1 on McGregor or Poirier to win by a first round knockout, and you win $264. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry, if MMA is not for you, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the call to action. Simply download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $264 when you bet on a main event fighter to win by a first-round knockout. Place your bet. Watch the fist fly this weekend. The code is TBPN to turn $1 into $264 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. Please see DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, let's get to the hockey story. And as we're recording this, I can tell you breaking news. The Leafs have signed Travis Dermott to a two-year contract, average of $1.5 million per season. And the Leafs now show 9.4 in projected cap space with a roster of 17, 10 forward, 6 defense, and 1 goaltender. And as you know, they have some people they have to sign. They need to deal with Zach Hyman. They either sign him or move on. And quite frankly, there are two holes here of major importance. The left side on the Matthews-Marner line, the left side on the Tavares-Nylander line, and then there's the backup goalie thing, which I think will be solved later on after the expansion draft. At least that's the way it looked. So there's plenty to deal with here, obviously. Uh, This is a very in-depth conversation I had on the subject with Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. Terry, as you watch the Habs battle through and and try to get back into the series. And as you watch Tampa rise to the occasion, you know, I think you always do this when you're, when, when it isn't your team that wins the cup, you look at the two teams in the Stanley cup final and and try and gauge where your team is in comparison to them. So, I mean, obviously the Habs have a team chemistry and a grit and really solid goaltending and, and Tampa just has, everything so where do the leaves stack up compared to these two teams well you know my first reaction would be to, to say to, to tampa the starting point is they don't have a Vezina uh, goaltender in uh in in uh, vasilevsky and they don't have a norris trophy defense in victor Hedman. however jim then i look at montreal and say well the leaves also don't have a Carey price or a shea weber so there are a lot of there never mind the rest of the the, the canadians uh, defense corps and you know the size and everything else and mobility um, 
but you know they're they're behind Tampa quite a bit, which is not really a bad thing if you want to put most of the other teams in the NHL into that category yeah. because most of them do fit there. Um, but I would imagine for Kyle Dubish, Jim, watching what the Montreal Canadiens did has to be quite vexing, and not just because the Leafs had Canadians on the ropes for three games or two games at least and should have eliminated them in one of those two overtime games. But um, all due respect to the Canadians, I think they caught lightning in a bottle here. And my point in saying that, what I mean is you can plan all you want and do all these things and think you're putting the right pieces in place and everything. But sometimes that doesn't, that's not what gets you to the final. The Canadians fired their coach this year. They, I believe that there would have been massive changes there had they lost to the Maple Leafs, say, in game five or game six. So you can't tell me this was all part of the bigger plan. I mean, it was to a degree, but it was a goal away from not happening. Okay. So, you know, the hockey guys, I guess, I guess we're a little bit on the Canadian side. I'm not one of these people necessarily buys the idea that, okay, well, they're young players. They'll learn from all this and they're going to be a contender now from years to come. Um, I think some other teams will have something to say about that, but uh, you know, the bottom line, all this, the Leafs still have a ways to go here. We know that. And I think that was just brought home by, the way the uh, the rest of the playoffs unfolded, and not just the teams that were in the, the final. You're looking, you're talking about Vegas as well, Colorado, Jim. Geez, even the New York Islanders have done better things in the Leafs in the past several years here in the playoffs. So, um, I, I'll be curious to see this theory that the teams seem to have that which does not kill you makes you stronger. Who that actually works for? Because the Leafs like to think that way, given the fact they've lost all these first round series. Well. There's been a hell of a lot more pain for many more hockey teams in the playoffs than there has been for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I'm just going to throw this out. I like to come up with new terms just because I think they're they're you know they sort of suit the situation. So I'm going to call this pile up analysis, and, okay. and that means that you take the history lesson with the Leafs of not getting through the first round. But to me, you have to separate them. This year, they didn't get through the first round for the first time. They were the favored team, um, and it, it can be as as simple as. When you win, you get a free pass, and when you lose, you get overanalyzed. And and so Montreal got a free pass. They 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 scrape by. I'm not taking anything away from them. But with the Leafs, as soon as the Leafs lose, then you get into the history lesson. And really, to me, this is this is a standalone. This is the team that's favored. It was built for uh, this, this this sort of altered uh, life that we've had. And it didn't work out. Uh, having said that, the door is open. They've got a lot of roster spots that and, uh, I, I just don't know. You know, I, I, I just like your comment on uh, do we do pile up analysis with this team? Well, I, I see what you're saying about taking it as, as one thing. Okay. Yeah. But I'll, that almost makes it worse in a way because we, we they do know the opportunity that they had here and they do know what slipped by them in the, right. by the end of that series. So, um, you know, I don't know, but in a sense, they're, they're kind of back to square one here. If you're, if, if they stick to their guns and, and keep that, those four core players and don't move any of that money out, uh, because right, right now, Jim, we already see that, you know, in re-signing, uh, Jason Spezza and Wayne Simmons, like they've done, uh, in the past, um, I guess month or so now, um, to contracts that aren't expensive, the Leafs are still, they're still at about just under $11 million under the cap. Yeah. 16 or 17 contracts and you know you're gonna be looking at a team now that has that's going to be counting on players like uh nick robertson to come in and really make an impact on on his contract and and rasmus sandine as well but um you're right i mean of course it's natural to get into the history of it and look at okay all these first round things but in a sense the leafs are doing that themselves too right because as i said earlier 
you know, Shannon and Dubas are proponents of the idea that all of these painful lessons will add up to something. So I think you have to take all of them into consideration. But this group, as it stood this year, did so many good things during the regular season. I think the thing now going forward is, um, you know, a lot of us on our side, myself included, are going to take whatever happens in the regular season next year with a grain of salt. And I would give that to you two ways. The Leafs run the table again in the Atlantic. Great. But if they don't do so well, and maybe they just get into the playoffs and they don't have home ice, you know, maybe maybe they, they can turn that around and turn that into something as well for once and for all. But I just um, that might be the biggest lesson this year, and I, I think that it'll have the Leafs will have uh, you know their their head scratching all summer long. Is we had such a great regular season, why didn't this work? And how do we make it work now in the off season? Agreed. Um, so if we use Tampa for the model, and, and let's be honest here, I mean, Tampa is uh, do whatever they get now. This yeah. is not going to continue forever. No. Uh, but when you look at their, the way they did this, they drafted their core players. They drafted their support players. They, uh, uh, I guess, uh, had really good asset management and, and throw in the Kyle Quincy to Detroit for the, tr- the, dra- the draft pick that became Vasilevsky. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's brilliant. But, but when you look at how they're constructed, the Leafs can't do that. The Leafs have... Uh, drafted top end forwards and then decided to spend a lot of money on them. Uh, their asset management to me is soft. It's mm-hmm. not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't drafted support players and they can't do that because they don't have a number. They don't have a lot of picks left. And quite frankly, if they drafted good support players today, you'd see them in four years. And you would, and you'd wonder at that point still, how would they, they would fit in financially. I mean, obviously on the entry level contracts, you're good for three years and it's not going to be expensive to have them on the roster. But, uh, you know, the, um, yeah, you, you, you know, you, you mentioned it. Tampa Bay now has a bit of reckoning here contract wise. I mean, yeah. I think they're already, someone said what, 3 million over the cap for next season. Uh, Braden points a year away from, uh, from getting something substantial, but you know, is he going to go over the nine and a half or whatever it is that Kucherov is at? I don't think so. You know, um, so they, they've already got better salary management there. I mean, Vasilevsky's, I think, at nine and a half, too, Jim, for the next X amount of years. And uh, But he's a Vezina-type goaltender. I don't have Hedman's contract in front of me. But I, I just know that in that regard, they're, they're set up a little bit better that way than the Leafs are with their top four guys. And uh, maybe not including Nylander on that. Maybe it's just really the three, because Nylander, um, you know, I think that contract would be, you know, a good one for them for, the, for several years to come. Um, but... It's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, you look at it two ways, the Leafs and Tampa, you say, okay, well, um, the comparison being off the ice and how the contracts stack up and everything else, and then what you're getting on the ice with the, with the players that you have and what Tampa has had. And, you know, the, the one initial reaction is to compare a Marner to a Braden Point. And right now there is no comparison. Um, if Then if you want to go to another level and say, okay, well, we've got, at least have Matthews, Tampa Bay has Kucherov. Again, there's not really much of a comparison there. You're talking with two different players. Um, you know, it's, uh, again, the, the natural thing is to say, okay, well, what, what does Tampa have? The Leafs have, uh, there's a lot, and there's experience now too. The one thing that, that again, getting back to this whole idea of, of losing and the pain it brings and the inspiration you get from that pain. Well, I would argue that now that Tampa has won twice and, you know, Patrick Maroon three times in a row, which is incredible. Um, they're going to want to get to have that feeling again. So they're driven by something that they already know. Um, the Leafs don't have that. Neither, do, you know, neither does the Colorado Avalanche. Neither does the Vegas Golden Knights. New York Islanders, to name a couple others. Uh, so I, I don't know, Jim. It's um, 
and again, being in the same division again next year and, and that, and that, uh, and that difficulty, you know, maybe the Tampa Bay lightning become the Boston Bruins now for the Leafs. I think the Bruins are going to take a step off here uh, going forward, but maybe that next hurdle now for the Maple Leafs will likely be the Tampa Bay lightning, not your Boston Bruins. Well, it will be for everybody, the Tampa Bay lightning in the Atlantic, but, um, I don't, I don't know. It's it's when you have the when you have those three players, four players where they are, and you back yourself into a corner that way. Um, you know, it's 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 like it was last year in the off season. At least said, okay, we need this, this, and this. But the, also, the, one of the main thrusts was it's got to still come from the core that's here, and that's going to be the same thing going forward. You want killer instincts? Go out and try to get it, but it has to come from the guys that you already have if you're going to keep them. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I, I, the way I look at this, Terry, is I mean, I've gone over and over this, and we can get into the voids in the roster, but to me, the only way for this to succeed, uh, based on going back to a somewhat normal life, 82-game regular season in the normal playoff run and gapped out the way it, it normally is, uh, to me, and this is this has got to be something that, that does not exist with the Leafs and hasn't for a number of years, is they actually need cap flexibility for the entire season, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do, and, that, and that's a good point. And right now, they don't have it. I mean, how do you how do you come up with it when you have when you're as close to the cap as they are? You know, you need you need that little bit of a cushion. And if you're not gonna, if you can't have that, you better be somewhat uh, guaranteed that you're going to be winning. And they don't have that either, right? I mean, yeah. really, you're at the kind of you're at the kind of crossroads the Leafs are at financially, especially with the cap. You know, as we expect, is going to remain flat for a bit here that, you know, teams who have won now have to deal with, right? Yep. You know, I mean, Tampa Bay, Chicago went through it, and they managed to keep winning. Uh, Tampa Bay is coming up to a, a situation now where they're going to have to shed some money, uh, but they're going to s- still keep a lot of their core. Um, the Leafs are kind of looking at that, but they haven't won anything yet, you know? I, I, I don't know. It's, I, I, it's it's hard to see how they get around it. If, if they lose a player like Alex Kerfoot to Seattle in the expansion draft, that opens up some money for you but you still need more than that. And um, yeah. I mean, you're, you're getting by next year, quite possibly with a goaltender, a starting goalie, who's going to be at 1.65. That's abnormal in the national hockey league. You're, you're, my point being is that Campbell's going to then going to be due for something the year after. What do you do with Morgan Riley? Who's going to be up a year from now. You know, there's a lot of well, questions here that, that I don't, I really, there are no simple answers to. Well, I mean, the goaltending situation is awkward. So if you if you have your start at one point six five, who is the backup, and 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 are you going to find a backup on the free agent market for one point six five? I don't think so. Well, no, and the other thing, yeah, and this whole Fred Anderson talk about, you know, I know that it, it seems to come off it a bit, but where he, there was initial interest there, but you know, he wants a certain amount of dollars on the open market. Just the Freddie Anderson era is over in Toronto. It has to be. It's time to move on. How many people can, can Kyle Dubas bring back from teams that haven't won and expect yeah. to win, especially, yeah. especially when one's in that? I'm not hanging the playoff past playoff losses on Anderson. Obviously not this year. He didn't play. But you just you, you just didn't have that winning mentality with him in net. And whether, you know, if he comes back as a back, I don't think he's going to now from the looks of it, but if he comes back and there's that small opportunity, I, I just don't see how, you know, it's an advantage for the Leafs at all. I mean, yeah, he knows everyone in the room. He's tight with Matthews and all that. But again, that, this has not led to success. I think it's time to move on for him. And what do you do for a backup? It's hard to say. You know, well, the other thing, sorry, the other thing too is you don't have a guarantee that Campbell can handle this load over an 82 game season. Right. You just don't. 
No, I, I agree with you. I think they've just stepped into a precarious situation and they're revisiting something they struggled with for a number of years. Um, I like the phrase move on. And I, and I totally agree yeah. with that for me. And, and this has got nothing against the players because they're no. going to go on elsewhere and do fine. I think you have to move on from Freddie. I think you have to move on from Zach for totally different reasons. Uh, this is a guy who's worked himself up to, into a good contract situation. And I think the operating agenda on most NHL teams is when that guy gets to the money, you let him go because you can't you can't pay him what he's worth um and i think it's time to move on from somebody in the core so if you said kerfoot leaves that's 3.5 yep. i'm going to go to two other contracts that are easily moved and because of the caliber of the players they could be moved and a lot of people will will say i'm, I'm being negative towards the players i'm not i'm looking at it from a contract standpoint and what could come back mm -hmm. morgan riley mm -hmm. william nylander mm -hmm. separately are packaged uh, not because of anything they're doing wrong, but because they're movable pieces at this point, and you have to see what's out there, uh, and that's asset management. It is. And you have to, you know, you look, you peer down the road a year and say, okay, what, what would Morgan Riley command, right? Yeah. Where does this go? Where does it go? And 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 the term and everything, but you know, annual salary, cap hit. I mean, there's there's a lot to take into consideration there, and and you know. On the Nylander thing, if you buy the buy into the theory that uh, you trade an asset when that asset is at the height of where it could possibly be or the peak, then that's what you do. Yeah, and that's you know that's where the other teams you would uh, some other teams at least you think would have the most interest. Um, but I, you know, I know what you're saying and I agree with it too. I just you know how how do you how do you come back next year? Um, if you're going to keep all of those players that we've mentioned right and really make a significant difference you you paint yourself into a corner yeah, you're, you're, you're playing around with the edges again like they did last yeah. year you know what and, and that's the, but again this is the difficult thing for for Dubas is that it works so well during the regular season you can even you know Spezza was off on his own i mean he he just did so well at his contract by far the best player in the league making the nhl minimum right. bring him back that's great you know even you know simmons had a nice start it didn't end the way he wanted to. TJ Brody was a great signing, of course. I mean, if you can hit that um, kind of uh, jackpot again with a guy of his caliber, go for it. Um, but that that must be the uh, frustrating thing for Dubas that it works so well and it looks like you have it right. And then it turns out in the end that you don't. So now you're going to be, if, if you do keep that core four and you have that money there, um, how do you bring in other players now? Like I know you see things like, uh, like in Tampa, for instance, Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow are going to be up. Right, at least can't afford either of those two. Not no, right. Let now. them go. Not right now. You know, even if you do, even if Hyman doesn't come back, and I don't think he will. I mean, because he's going to get a nice contract somewhere else. Um, but see, if you say if you free, free up the uh, the money to sign the the Coleman's of the world or the or the Goodrows, these types of players, by trading a Riley or a um, or a Nylander, Jim, then you have those holes to fill because right. You know, do you look at Rasmus Sandin? Okay, okay, well, he's your next Morgan Riley, quote unquote. If no. you've got Brody, if you have Muzzin already, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, I, I guess the thing is, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Move some of those players out if you can to try to make something happen. But again, there's not going to be any guarantee that those things will work for you. No, no, everything is a roll of the dice. And, and actually, as I'm going through this in my mind, I'm thinking. You know, the Leafs should be the two-time Stanley Cup winners based on their salary cap situation. I mean, it's actually worse than, than Tampa, who has won two Cups. Yeah. Well, you know what? Tampa, 
you will always have the comfort of those two cup rings sitting on your mantle, no matter who you are in the Tampa organization. Yeah. No matter what happens now, no matter what happens. That's right. It's, it's a calling and, card. And the Leafs don't have it period. And there's no guarantee they're going to, again, I go back to the other things I was saying earlier, like, okay, well, all these first round exits might add up to something. What do they add up to an exit in the conference final? Cause you don't know. Well, that's, yeah, that's the point is you don't just get through the first round and win the cup. There are right. other growing pains ahead. Right. I know like Tampa had them. Yeah. I mean, that, that's great. But on the other hand too, Montreal didn't have them. They didn't have to go through all these stumbling blocks. I mean, half the, you know, in the past five or six years, they weren't even making the playoffs half the time. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but there's, there's a Montreal, I'm not going to say every year, but every so often there's a, there's a team that nobody has a lot of uh, hope for yeah. that figures out how to play the game comes together. It's a marvelous story, but it never wins the cup. Yeah. It'll lose in the cup final. And I'm not taking any away from Montreal. I think they had a fantastic run. I mean, that's really nice to see your roster empty, empty itself on the ice on a nightly basis because so many don't. So, so let's play plan B. I mean, so let's assume that, that Zach and Freddie are gone. Uh, We've, we've talked about the goaltending situation is an absolute nightmare just because whoever you sign and and happens to be a free agent will not sign for 1.65. He's actually going to pay, be paid more than your starter. And I don't know who that is. Do you have any, any sort of read on on who they might consider? Well, I don't know. It's, you know, if you look at the, uh, you look at the, uh, the free agent list and the people that are out there, there are, there are a lot of second tier goalies like that, that yeah. you would think, you know, it's, um, you know, once you get past the, the Tucker ask and he's already said that, you know, Boston or Boston, they're going to play till January anyway. Um, you know, Pecorine, no, of course. I mean, they're, then you're getting into people who are they going to make that difference for you anyway, in the long run, you know, you don't have that guy now. And the other thing is too, is I, I, the only thing I'd say about the contract situation is, where then it, then it gets, I guess it becomes more of a headache is that, you know, Campbell's going to be due a raise in a year. Oh yeah. It's going to be due a raise over, over and above whatever this backup is going to be making, you know? So in that yeah. way, you get yourself right again, but you know, this is all, this is all, you know, on the idea. And I haven't looked ahead at who the free agent goalies are next summer, Jim, but perhaps there is some, the, the, perhaps there would be a better option out there for the Leafs over Jack Campbell. We don't know that yet. Well, true, true enough. And and this is an expansion draft year. So I think, you know, that's something that's handled after the expansion draft. And, mm-hmm. and now that I said expansion draft, here's, here's one of my wacky theories, Terry. The All last right. time the Leafs won the cup, the first expansion draft was ever held. Okay. Right? Yep. It goes from six to 12. Yep. This will be the last expansion draft. There'll be no more teams after this. So, so the door is open for the Leafs. <laughs> 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 fractured logic right well yeah <laughs> everything's back to normal now no more expansion drafts the least can't get hurt so so yeah. so now that we've talked about the goaltending which is uh, i mean it's 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 precarious uh you know so that actually makes freddie uh, on a resign look good because it's sort of, sort of the devil you know um but if they don't resign zach hyman they've they've got two big voids on the left side of the top two lines um, and, and, you know, and, and going back to what we said, and I don't know where Nick Robertson fits in a bit of a stretch, but, but it can, it can happen. But, but going back to what we said, I mean, really what they're looking at on a yearly basis is three to four reclamation projects like Elchenyuk. Yeah, it's true. And again, that one worked out, you know, relatively well for them until the playoffs started, but yeah. you also, you also need players, um, 
you know, you need a guy like Ilya Mikheyev to take that next step and start right. literally start putting the puck in the net. Because, you know, this is a guy who's gone through a couple of playoffs now, you know, that's put no points on the board. Um, there's been a disappointment that way. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm not picking on one guy. I mean, there's so many other players that had to step up and do that. And that's something else you and I haven't really discussed yet is that just going back, one real quick comparison to Tampa is the depth. Right. Look at the things Tyler Johnson was doing. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, like, those are those are drafted players, right? And I mean, this is a guy who's 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 pretty sure that his Tampa career has come to an end now, given his contract and that. But I mean, what a way to go out with two Stanley Cup rings. Point is, Leafs just don't have, <clears throat> excuse me, that type of player on their depth chart. And you know, um, I don't know. It's uh, even bringing it back a guy, like, a person like Wayne Simmons. There was, you know, I think there's some excitement in the fan base, but maybe a little bit of disappointment as well. In that, you just want to okay let's move on and see what else we can add here and, and, and not necessarily bring back some pieces that didn't help us win last year. I, th- I think that's the key, Terry. I think the situation cries out for new pieces, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Well, yeah. Yeah, but keep in mind too, there will be some new ones. There's, we know that. I mean, yeah. there, there's going to be people moving in here that, you know, that, that we, we aren't necessarily foreseeing right now. I think Dubas is a good, kind of a good track record, actually via trade really that, that you know, these things can happen. Um, then he can add players that way. And, and that's probably what's going to happen here in all due respect. I mean, you know, obviously they don't have the money to, to land a big free agent. I mean, a guy like Taylor Hall is going to be commanding something you would think that the Leafs can't afford right now. Right? Yeah, and I, I don't see, I mean, there's talk that, that they're interested. I, what, what's the fit? I don't, I don't get that one. Well, financially, I guess, I, yeah, I don't see it either. Unless you move something out. You go back to what we were talking about before. Okay, well, perhaps if you move out a Nylander, can you then afford a Taylor Hall? you know, possible. Yeah, well that, that's, that's, I mean, that, that sort of speaks to what we were, we were, the road we were going down before is mm-hmm. sometimes like we're just looking at the piece moving out and not understanding what comes back. I mean, right. if you moved out one of those pieces and, and got uh, two or three really good uh, sort of support players, and then you brought in a guy like Taylor Hall, that might be a good fix. Oh yeah. It, it could, it could very well be, um, you know, is it, is it a good enough fix to go from, first round losses to Stanley cup champion. No, I, I think what we're talking about here is extending the playoff run. Stanley cup champion is down the road. Yeah. Way down the road. Yeah. Well, again, because it's not being, the Leafs aren't doing it in a vacuum. There are other teams that, that are, I would argue that are, are closer to it than Toronto is. There's two of them out West in Vegas, yeah. Colorado to start with. Well, and, you, was... Jim, and Jim, you said something else earlier that, that I think you should remember too is, the Montreal Canadiens were the unexpected team this year. They finished 18th overall. You know, they barely get by the Leafs, and then, you know, they, they go on to do good things. Well, who is that team next year that you're not, quote-unquote, expecting? Is it the Florida Panthers? Is it the Carolina Hurricanes? Yeah, it certainly could be, you know? could, be, could be any one of those three teams. Yeah, yeah. And it could. who knows? It could be the Leafs, too. Maybe, that's, maybe they become that team. But that's not what Shanahan and Dubas think they're building here. They're not building the, oh, the surprise finalists. They think they're building the team that is there consistently throughout the years. Well, they're running out of time. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares and, and William Nylander, as much as we talk about these contracts being a bit of an issue, they're not all signed forever. No, uh, the, window, the window's tighter. Yeah, it is. It really is. So I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know what we solved there, Terry, but I enjoyed the conversation. Well, thanks for. You know yeah, I, I don't know either, Jim. I mean, hopefully there'll be, you know, where are we now? July eighth. I think in a few weeks, some of it, some of these things will come out in the wash. Yeah, have to. 
you know, that once they know who the expansion player is that's gone, you know, I, I imagine they're keeping their fingers crossed. It's not going to be Dermot or Hall. Hall's, Hall's great at $2 million. Dermot, I think, is one of those guys who could go on to another team and, and think, okay, geez, he's now he's going to blossom. He's still a young guy. Um, but we'll have to see. But things are going to have to be done. You, you can't do what you did last year and expect to make the Stanley Cup final. Fuck yeah, I, and I think, you know, in terms of the protected list, are you thinking 7-3-1 and one or 4-4-1? Four, four and one? Well, it depends. I would think 7-3-1, and one, but we'll find out, you know, soon enough here, right? I guess yeah. July 17th when the lists are are, uh, are submitted. That that would be what I'm thinking, but I don't know. They could go either way on it. I really, it's really hard to say, you know? Yeah, I mean, at, at some point when we're having the salary cap conversation, you're almost hoping that, that Seattle takes Kerfoot. I mean, it's a pretty good hockey player. Well, that's just it. You're again, you're getting into a situation where you're hoping he, if you're, you know, the hope is that if he goes, it's to clear up money. Not the other side of it is, well, you know, he, 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 his game went to another level in the the playoffs with Tavares. Did it help them win in the end? No, it didn't. But he showed that he was capable of making that transition and doing some better things for them. Well, that speaks to the, the mentality of, of a lot of people. You know, I think when they look at players, it's like, let Kerfoot go or let uh, let Freddie go so he can give that money to Zach. I mean, yeah. I mean, even if you did, you'd have uh, five guys soaking up 46 million bucks. That doesn't solve anything. Well, considering that you're already at 70, that money's already gone. Yeah. So let's say you take Freddie's money and give it to Zach. So, okay, that's one more player. What's he at? What's the, what do you at now at Cowboys? 75? Yeah. There's well, six or yeah. seven or eight players to sign. Yeah, well, you got big holes, a lot of holes. Yeah, yeah, and the, the, I still think the toughest one, aside from the Zach situation, it's like a one and one A. Zach, and who's your who's your goalie? Who's your who's your second goalie or or your one A goalie? Yeah. And that's not going to be cheap. No, it won't be cheap. And again, the people who are out there, it's not a Garrett. There's no, yeah. Listen, the Leafs don't have Carey Price or Andre Vasilevsky, Jim. That's about the bottom nope. line. And sooner or later, play. sooner or later. Yeah, they're both I mean, sooner or later you're going to run into both of them right that's right <laughs> now you beat them again yeah all right terry thanks very much appreciate it thanks for having me jim last minute of play in this podcast there is the time warning from pa announcer mike ross rossi thanks very much and on the way out just let me leave you with a couple of thoughts and so the leaf template appears to be the four horsemen and some salary spread out throughout the rest of the roster but it looks like the core is going to be supported by a lot of reclamation projects and developing players from the farm system ask yourself this who else has this kind of a look with this kind of a salary cap problem the answer is Nobody, not even the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, have a salary cap issue like the Leafs have who can't get out of the first round. This is going to be an interesting run, to say the very least. Hope you enjoyed Leafs Guy episode 46. Hope you come back next week for Leafs Guy episode 47.